You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. You know, it's important as we discuss these things that we kind of get the fundamentals right, and I feel like these three are are very important fundamental fundamentals to understand. So. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I am Ben Kioski, and we are coming to you today sans our engineer, Nathaniel. So if anything blows up, it's my fault. <laughs> and we have with us, of course, Paulina. How are you, Paulina? Doing good. Glad awesome. to be here. Good to see you. And we have our pastor, Jose Abaroa. Hey, guys. And we're going to talk about some stuff, right, Taylor? Yes, we are. Jose, you... Had a message yesterday mm-hmm. talking about living the new life. So I think first off, we kind of try and do this every week, but kind of share us a little bit of your heart just as you prepared for this message and just kind of what you were kind of top of mind heading into yesterday. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question because actually one of the first things that came to mind when I was thinking about the new life was how we all want to go back to normal and we're all wondering whether things are ever going to go back because it seems like forever since we've been in this season. And uh, through thinking about that, I realized, you know, there are some things that we don't want to go back to, and that is the old. Before knowing Jesus, um, whatever habits we ran to, those comforts that we kind kind of... Um, held on to in order to feel satisfaction or self-worth or anything. Um, you know, when we give our lives to Jesus, he makes us a new creation. That's what second Corinthians five seventeen says. So we talked a little bit about that and, and how to focus on that new. So, you know, I don't want to necessarily relate it only to this season in, in sense of going back to normal is not really the goal, but really we're not meant to go back to the way we used to be, we want to move forward and live in the new. So that's kind of where um, the message um, came about. And we've been talking about spiritual disciplines and those are really, really good, but I kind of wanted to go back to uh, the why we even do that in the first place as we continue through the series. Yeah, yeah. I want to kind of dig into that further and then even open up uh, to Ben and Paulina too to hear more. But what do you think is kind of the biggest thing that does hold us back as far as like hold us back from the new and into the old as far as just whether that's on a day-to-day basis or just not even on a deeper level? I keep on going back to comfort and us wanting to be comfortable and live live an easy life. It's not a bad thing to want to be comfortable. God is the God of comfort. We have that sense of security in him. But I think of the things that bring me comfort are usually things that I want to control. And so whether that's me escaping from, you know, the reality of my crazy household, if things are ramping up and I turn to my phone and I start reading ESPN or, or I, I go to something else rather than being in the middle of um, where God needs me and that's being a present dad, that's just an example through the season. Um, I think one, one of those things is, yeah, it's control and comfort rather than um, allowing God to see where he has put us, um, you know, he has a purpose for us in, in that place. Yeah, something uh, you said yesterday was that the new actually satisfies, like the mm-hmm. new life. And going along with what you just said, I think that's really like my comfort and wanting to stay 
where I would rather stay where I am than take a leap or a risk or be uncomfortable or do something hard. I would rather do that than be fully satisfied and comforted in God. Like not because I'm in control, but because he's enough and fulfills and satisfies. I think that really keeps me put and where it's interesting because it's almost like you don't even know what satisfies you until you have, until I have relinquished right. that, you know, right. where I'm like content with being satisfied by the world mm -hmm. and my own control in life mm -hmm. and just wanting to coast there when there's so much more that yeah. I, if I step out, I can receive. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the old stuff, um, you talked about being comfortable. It kind of keeps us out of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And some of us are, are scared of, of what's unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. And also, I think a lot of times we we want to stick with the old garbage because um, we're we're confused about or afraid of what freedom actually looks like, mm -hmm. and we think that because uh, we have that same tendency, even though we've been delivered, maybe mm -hmm. that we have we have the freedom, but we still have a temptation then it's easier for us to just kind of fall back into that old rather than to proclaim our freedom and keep moving into the freedom because our identity starts at attacking us. I don't want to give too much credit to the enemy because right. I think we give a lot of credit to the enemy when it's really just our own That's right. natural tendencies. Yep. You know, we have a temptation in an area that we've already been set free and God has already brought new to us. Mm -hmm. And then we think, oh, well, then that new isn't really here. I'm the same person that I always have mm -hmm. been. And, and then we don't take on that new identity. And so we have this kind of misconception that, that that freedom or new means that the old never shows up. You know, the old never crops its head back up. It's like rooting out a stump in the ground. You know, yeah. you root out the stump and you might get a sapling here and there, but that doesn't mean that the tree's back. Right. You know, right. that doesn't mean the tree's back. You know, you can clip that sucker off and it's over, you yeah. know, so... That's kind of what I think about Yeah, that verse in, oh man, that verse in that book, uh, in that where's chapter. Bob? Where's Bob? Um, it's in First or Second Corinthians. One of the Corinthians says that uh, God's faithful every single time when we are tempted. He never tempts us beyond what we can bear. He is yeah. faithful to make a way out. So he's the one that make, gives us a way out. And personally, uh, this is a silly habit that I have dealt with for a long time, and that is video games, especially on my phone. I've never been good at video games ever, like Nintendo 64 growing up, or even we had a, a Nintendo Entertainment System, the old Nintendo. Old school. Yeah, old school. My dad had one, and so I'd play it. It was never good, but I, I don't know if that's virtual reality that kind of gets me in computer games, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? I, I, I stopped playing games on my phone after I spent like $80 on Candy Crush one time. And I was like, why is this happening? And so I just quit. I just totally quit. See, there you go. And then Clash of Clans came out many years ago. Taylor and I were living in D.C. and it actually became a problem. Like it became a problem in our marriage. I would only go to my phone when I would escape. That would be my little escape. And you can argue that's not a bad thing. That's not a treacherous sin that's going to sink you in the pit of death and uh, take all your time. But, but it did uh, harm my relationships. Right. And it was definitely the thing that I was 
going to. And I, I guess that's the point. And to your point, Ben, that doesn't mean that we are not a new creation, but it means that in order to, and I know we're probably going this with the questions, and now I'm preaching. Well, yesterday, <laughs> like, in order to live in the new, we have to truly know God yeah. and just not know about him, but be in a relationship with him and spend time with him. So That was my next question. <laughs> what does it look like? Again, this is something that maybe we hear a lot in church, that statement, as far as knowing God and not just knowing about him. But what do y'all, I want to ask all y'all this question. If what do you think is the biggest difference uh, just from a fruit standpoint, from a practical standpoint, as far as living life, truly knowing God versus just about him? To me, it's a bit of an intangible. It's hard. It's always hard for me to describe that because it's like it's a mindset and a state of being. Like I don't uh, wake up in the morning and even have the first thought through the entire day to enter into a lifestyle that's in any way that's against God's plan, right? And so I might trip up and fall and, and sin or do whatever, you know, whatever, whatever happens during the day. But there's no desire in me to contravene the plan of God. There's no, there's no desire in my heart and my mind to have, you know, as the Bible talks, uneven weights and measures in my business dealings. I'm, ne- I'm not trying to get, get something over on someone. I'm not trying to climb some ladder or, or push someone down or, or point to myself in things. Now, when I'm not listening to the Spirit, I might participate in some of those things. But it's only a work that the Holy Spirit can do in us, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it, it repositions our our mentality and our heart for the whole day, regardless of what our occupation is, or if we're just on vacation doing nothing for a week. You know, I, it's, it's, a, it's a mentality and something that's different um, than what would be natural to us. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think for me, naturally, I'm in the construction world. Naturally, it would be, how can I make the most money in the most efficient way? And that would be my primary thinking there. But no, it, the mentality seeps into that business world too. And it's, how can I do the best job that will honor God and that will honor people? You know, And God will take care of the rest. And it's hard to, one, it's hard to believe that people actually do business that way. And two, it's, it's, uh, it's against the natural tendency, I think. What it's the work that the Holy Spirit does, and it's and it's a practice that we have of listening to the Holy Spirit in order to get there. I'm not considering that I have perfected it. I'm saying that's just not my desire. It's a mentality that I have. Well, and Ben, I feel like you got there and continue to get there just by spending time with God. So it's it's right. not like you just woke up and that's your natural you know natural natural fleshly instinct, but instead that you have you have spent time with God, and so you know who He is and what He wants for you, and so in that you're able just to almost on a natural basis now get to a point where you can live that way. So I feel like that. Well, that's right, and it also brings up another point that when I need correction or when I'm confused or when I don't know how to act and what to do, instead of like you know bearing down and trying to figure it out, I go to God to learn, and I go to those men and women that I know who have experienced similar things who can speak truth and wisdom into my life that comes from knowing God themselves, and that, that brings up that point as well. That's, and that's another way that you learn, mm-hmm. uh, and it's that... Yeah, I um, think with knowing about God and knowing God, I think about the four of us right now sitting and talking about God, and it feels like fun and valuable to hear each other's thoughts on God and what we've all experienced, but this isn't the place where I know God. 
right you know with you yeah. guys and i think that to me is a a difference you know that i've spent uh, spent a long time thinking that i knew god and actually just knowing a lot about him because all of my time thinking about him or anything like that was spent with other people versus just me and god um and i think that's a good difference for me is that this is even more fun because we all have separate relationships with God, you know, and it's here when we're, and not just here like this podcast, but in community where that overflows and, you know, becomes a pouring into each other out of each of us individually knowing God. Yeah, that's good. I also think we are servants of God. So it's a, a, a saying that Jesus is Lord means that we are still under, like we are under his rule. He's our master. So he dictates how we live our life and decisions that we make. And, and, and to what both of you guys just said, um, sometimes we can be more focused on community and community is such a good thing. Community's what introduced me to Jesus. Um, but ultimately my Lord is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so knowing him means, uh, like you said, Ben, the more I hang out with him, the more I know him, the more I read the word and, and pray and, and allow my mind to be focused on the things of God, I'm a servant of God, whereas before I was a servant to the desires of my flesh and I would only do whatever I wanted. I would do whatever would feel best or, you know, today we live in, 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 in a day where the rule, everyone's Lord is instant gratification. What may be best for you or um, do whatever you want to do. Don't tell me what to do, you know, whatever. So anyway, Mm -hmm. that's, um, I I really do think it's a question of who is Lord. Okay, so I was talking to Bob and we were talking about Romans. This was before the message. I did not enter this into the message because you can go so wide and so deep, but this is an amazing um, verse. It is in Romans 7. And uh, verse six says, but now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So what I think is interesting about this verse is the old is the law. So the old is legalism. And I think that can sometimes be just us knowing about God. And the new way uh, is that relationship. We still are serving God. So we're still subservience in a way, but he is our Lord. And that is the way to freedom. And that's the way of the spirit. So um, ultimately we can go on and talk about Romans seven and Romans eight so much, but I do think that that is a tension between the new and old as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. So let's talk about the ifications, if you will. Uh, on Sunday, you mentioned three justifications, <laughs> sanctification, and glorification. So for someone that's like, what? Uh, maybe if you could give just kind of a quick little recap of those three and then what those have to do with this idea of living in the new. Yeah. You know, it's important as we discuss these things that we kind of get the fundamentals right. And I feel like these three are, are very important fundamental fundamentals to understand. So justification happens when we believe in Jesus. When we say yes to Jesus and, and accept him as our savior, he saved me from the punishment that my sin deserves. We have now been justified. So God, through the work of the cross and the resurrection, has allowed us to, to be in relationship with him. Sin no longer separates us. So that's justification. We enter into this relationship, 
sanctification is that transformation that happens as we grow as believers. So, you know, if there's a certain issue or if, you know, what happens is that those issues, no, the more we surrender them to Christ, we are actually transformed. And that word metamorphosis is the same as like a cocoon to a butterfly, right? So there is an actual change. There's a change in my mind. There's a change in my relationships. You can see that fruit. That's not because of our actions. It's the Holy Spirit inside of us doing this new thing. And then glorification is the great, grand finale. That's the promise that we have that either when we die or when Jesus comes back, whichever one comes first, Jesus come back soon. We get to live in glory with God forever and ever. Mm. So. Wow. That's, that's great. One of the things kind of you've touched on is God's faithfulness just throughout, not only just the way in which we are transformed into the new, uh, what would be kind of ways in which, and I'd open this up to everyone here too, as far as what are ways in which you remind yourselves of God's past faithfulness in your own life, as there are times where you're seeking to live in the new and yet the old just keeps kind of coming back or just a lot of these, as far as even just the things you were just talking about, Jose, like what are ways yeah. in which you can kind of remind yourself of, of God's faithfulness? Immediately what comes to mind is amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Um, or when it says the hour I first believed, yeah. I don't remember exactly what comes, but every single time I sing that line, I do remember when my eyes literally were open and I realized that what this world has to offer. And for me, um, that, that was success, making a name for myself, um, being good enough, being seen, noticed, those things are, were not gonna be fulfilled through my own actions, but they were done, sealed, and now delivered to me through Jesus and when, what he had done for me. So that was my justification experience when, when I surrendered my life to Jesus. Um, so I do remember that often, and, and I don't have those feelings often the way that I had them at the beginning. Those feelings were, were it's almost like a, a memorial um, for, for what God has done in my life, and um, I do go back to that and, and thank him for those yeah, I think for me, just even looking back, kind of a similar note as far as just thinking back on personal stories of just the way in which God has provided. And I think about kind of the passage in Isaiah 43 that you talked about yesterday, Jose, just the idea, of, even with the Israelites, as far as just they recalled all of these things. It was like, hey, you remember, you remember that one time like when all the odds were stacked against us and it didn't look great? Like God came through. And then this time God came through and just like, and so I think uh, it, it, requires extra work because I feel mm. like at least my brain is so focused on like the present or even the future that it's like for me to even just take time to, to kind of reflect is hard and kind of sit still. But it really is something that whether it's trying to get better about journaling so that I can go back and like read kind of the prayers and just read the ways in which God's provided. But I think that's a big one for me just speaks to uh, just my heart amidst any kind of time, whether I feel like things are going great or things are really hard that I just look back and I'm like, okay, I, I can't argue with the way that God has shown up and the, yeah. what, what he has done and taught me. So I think that's a big thing mm -hmm. for me is kind of looking back. Yeah, totally. I think it's funny because reading the Old Testament, it's like easy to be frustrated with the Israelites and be like, you just walked on dry ground that right. God parted the sea, you know, and then you already forgot. But I totally, what you said, Taylor, about being focused on either the present or the future. I mean, 99% of my thoughts are in the present or the future and they're about me if I'm, you know, unless I'm like the Holy Spirit's keeping me in check. But I think a way to remember God's um, 
past faithfulness because of my tendency to not do so naturally is to be with people and in community because I mean, God um, almost immediately uses the stuff that I'm, that he's doing in me or has done in me to allow me to have an opportunity to share that with somebody else. If Mm -hmm. I just get in community uh, for long enough for someone to share something going on, God always, it feels like God always gives me an opportunity to then reflect and be like, I just went through that, you know, or when I went through that, this is how I saw God show up. And then it naturally reminds me too, for my own purposes and for my like future struggles, what, how God has come through in the past struggles too. Yeah. For me, um, looking to the, to the past things to, um, remember who God is to me and, and move forward. I have to go the church brat route, unfortunately, because I was raised in the church, and uh, you know, I was raised in the. It was it 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 has turned out to be a good thing. Uh, when I was a early teen, it wasn't great because I took it into sort of a self righteous vein, but there was a lot of emphasis on you know scripture reading and really knowing what what the Bible says. But it's become a great tool, and I have to look back to it. And actually, it's great that we flipped to Romans, and if y'all. Uh, will humor me for a few seconds. Um, Romans chapter three is really great, especially for church brats, because church people have been taught, you know, over the past, the Romans road, you've heard of the Romans road, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And it's got all these verses that we pick out, but what's great about it is what it's actually surrounded by. Um, The one of the, one of the favorites, of course, is Romans 323 for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And, you know, that's a great thing to pluck out, but just to put it in its context or uh, pericope, there you go, Kevin Steger, Ooh, you'll like that word. Yes. Um, after a complete dismantling of the Machiavellian method to life in the first part of chapter 3, we come up to verse 9, it says, What shall we conclude then? Are we any better than anyone else? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin, as it is written. And this is what's great. This is all the pretext to for all have sinned. Mm -hmm. So we like to say this nice flowery, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need Jesus. That's a a poignant truth. I'm not trying to make that light. But then we read this part. It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their threats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And, of course, that's a reference to the Old Testament there, but... I think it's there, there's there's more too for all of sin. I mean, yeah. agreeing with this about me, and then that flips into what we just got talk, got through talking about mm-hmm. about being free from the law, and that mm-hmm. the new is there. This is the natural state. Right. The part mm-hmm. what I just read that's the pretext to all that stuff. Yeah. That's our natural state. That's who we are. Yeah. And for me, that remembrance is that no matter how good, no matter how steeped in the Word, no matter what our upbringing was, our natural state is that we are not good. Mm 
mm-hmm. but the righteousness of God has come. You know, verse 21, right before that famous passage, but now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And there's more there. Amen. I can go on and on and on and on. But that justification through faith is, is, is what I remember. And I really, I really do go back to that. That's part mm-hmm. of my, I mean, that's how I keep on track. Whatever, mm-hmm. however big our head gets, however far we think that we've gone, mm-hmm. we have to realize that this is our natural state. Yeah. And for me, not always everyone, for me it's a comfort to read those words, to read that right. dirge there right. in chapter three and then be like, wow, this is what I've been rescued from and this is what I continue to be rescued Thank from. You, Jesus. You know, yeah. so that's, that's me. Yeah. yeah, funny too, because who wrote that? The biggest yeah. church brat, you know, or who yeah. could have claimed yeah. uh, to be the most churched and knowledgeable and yeah. worthy of his faith. Yeah. <laughs> Just oh, sorry. I didn't there say anything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's move to a little more on a, on a practical level here. So we've been in a series, let's go deep, focus on spiritual disciplines. So what kind of disciplines have helped y'all usher in the new and what would be maybe some advice for kind of people that are just maybe early on in their walks that, that want to kind of step into the new, but maybe just not exactly sure what that looks like. Prayer was the first one for me. And it was actually prayer in uh, with other people first. Uh, I am an extrovert. I am an external processor. I actually grow. My mind turns when I hear other people say things and it enters into my mind and then it comes out of my mouth. Not all the times, but but I, I, I process easier that way. Here's why I'm saying that. When I prayed with other believers early on, that actually helped me transform my mind. So that was the first step. It wasn't the first and only. I then uh, started practicing you know, prayer by myself, and that really deepened my relationship, my personal relationship with Jesus. But it really, the transformation of my mind really started with prayer. We'll talk about that this week, actually. For me, it's the consumption of the word, just reading and reading and reading and reading. Um, you know, I'm a fake closet, quasi-intellectual, <laughs> or at least I'm trying to <laughs> pretend like I am or whatever, but just read the word, read the word, read the word. I even yeah. resist Christian nonfiction, even though it's good. It's very good. A lot of books that I've read that are really awesome, but I'm just... Sometimes when I find myself reading other things, I'm just like, nope, close it down and just read the word and read the word and read the word. I've not always been the best about memorization, but and just consuming the word over and over and over and always searching the word for answers because there's a lot of really good sounding things that we can get from many different sources um, that can sound right. and But then when you read the word, it just isn't right. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, there's a better way. Not necessarily that what we might get, you know, through talking to other people or, you know, stuff that's little quips that are out there in the world, you know. Not that they're necessarily wrong per se, but there's a better way. And there's always a better way. It's not always the uh, easiest path, but there's a better way. And it's found in the Word. It's not found anywhere else. That's the source. And so f- for yeah. me, that, that, you know, that going deep, the practical 
part of being spiritually disciplined and going deep is to have the depth of the knowledge of the word Mm -hmm. to where even if you don't know the reference or whatever, you just know when you hear something, it's like, "Mm, I need to go check the word on that. Mm -hmm. Not so that you can police people. That's not the point or anything like that. But you can be like, ah, I'm going to go check the word. And, you know, I I really need to read and understand what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, reading the word and then because uh, with fasting last week, oh my gosh. I mean, talk about like you, I don't know if Ben or Jose said this earlier, but you think that you've made it far or further in your relationship with God, you know, and you just start to get like a small, I don't know, some of that self-righteous stuff and thank God, but he gives opportunities for that to be shut down and humbled. And that's how I feel with fasting. Like the more progress that I think I've made, fasting is like a slap in the face of my flesh, you know, like where Mm. it feels like you have to just like, at least for what God is doing in me right now, just the like really fasting, God using that as a way to deny myself you know, which I don't want to do. And I want to hold on to all the stuff we were talking about earlier, comfort and control and just like worldly ease and satisfaction. And uh, fasting has really been something God's been using to just basically show me that I'm very much in the flesh, you know, and I very much need to be made new desperately by God. And it just is a really like a humbling place to be, but it's not a fun place. You know, it's not like, oh yeah, I want to do that, but it's worth the reward. I think that's what I'm seeing God do through that spiritual discipline is that there, there's fruit from it that I can't, that fasting brings the Mm -hmm. act of the Mm -hmm. discipline of fasting brings into my life. Yeah. And you saying that just kind of brought a thought to my mind. You know, you talked about last week when we talked about fasting, you said it puts you face to face kind of with your selfishness, you know, which is a great transparency. And thanks for sharing that with us. But I think it's also wisdom into like, I think about me, you know, when, when in the disciplines that I like to participate in, one of which is being reading the word, that's actually one of the things that brings me face to face with my selfishness more than anything else. And so I wonder if that's something that we can draw across all the lines of disciplines. What brings us face to face with our selfishness and washes it in the truth, you know, and brings us into alignment with Jesus. Mm. I know. I'm just thinking about that while you're talking. So all right, well that's that's it for this version of the conversations podcast. It's been great to talk about these disciplines and talk about how God redeems us from ourselves. And um, let's wrap it up. Taylor, you have one more question for Jose as we're wrapping it up. You wanted him to share something. What is it? <laughs> you, you want to talk about the stones that you mentioned on Sunday? Are Jose? we talking about the stones. rolling stones? What are we talking about? Stones. Yeah. So as we continue talking about spiritual disciplines, Yesterday, I, I pulled out a stone and said, you know, David killed Goliath with this stone that he found on the brook. And these stones can signify spiritual disciplines in the sense of, you know, it was the weapon that was used to kill this monster, which Goliath really represents sin and all things evil and the things that come against us and really taunt God and defy who he is in our lives. And the stone is just the instrument, but That is not where the power lies. The power lies in who Jesus is, in the name of the Lord. And David knew that. 
And that's what gave the stone power. So just a reminder, as we talk about all these things, as we continue to be sanctified, that fancy word that means becoming more like Jesus, let's remember that the power is, is, is in him. And I'm excited to continue on through the series. See you next week. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.